0: Shalloway driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re Graham Zussi! Shalloway knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! There's only one!
1: Johnny Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show. On Sports Radio 810 WHB.
2: Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather.
1: Now your host, Nate Bukady.
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and of course wherever you download your podcasts or stream your video content. Yes, we are back on video, ladies and gentlemen. If you are watching this right now, you can tell that we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Allie and I might or might not <laughs> knock back all four of these after the show is over today, but for now... It's a hot one out here, just, too. Yeah. I mean, these are these are Cold nice and
2: cool. Yeah, it's got uh, a nice 80-degree Wednesday oh, day so cool. leading up to... <laughs> Feels good. Are you uh, recovering from the birthday? I'm hijacking our Um, intro here because it was Nate's birthday this week. So if you haven't wished him a happy birthday, you can go ahead and do that. 27
0: years old, ladies and gentlemen. We're the same age. (laughs) Unbelievable stuff. Uh, But yes, we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. We thank them for their support. And we are coming to you from the Sporting Kansas City Media Day at Children's Mercy Park. We're down in the field club, the UMB field club and we've got some special guests coming up on the show. Jacob Peterson is going to join us in the next segment. Carrie Zavagnin, as well to talk about some groundbreaking technology that's coming your way as well. But uh, here at Media Day, we're all knocking out interviews with players. We got to watch training a little bit. Peter Vermees came over to the media and had a couple of bits of news. The first one, some good news. Jake Reed, president and CEO of Sporting Kansas City, has signed a five your contract and uh I've been thinking about 5 years in terms of just the window that we have for soccer not only in the United States but hopefully right here in Kansas mm-hmm. City as well depending on what happens with the World Cup bid no matter what though this country is going to be going nuts in five oh, yeah. years. So I think the next five years from here to 2026 World Cup are going to be some of the most exciting in the history of this sport in this country. And it's good to know the sport in Kansas City have their leadership signed up through that window, at least, Allie. So that was the first bit of news yeah. that came out today.
2: Well, and just to build on that, because something that Peter said really resonated with me, and it was consistency. And that is a word that if you follow Sporting Kansas City, if you have followed Peter Vermees during his tenure here, consistency is probably a word that you've heard a lot, and he brought it up again today when announcing Jake Reed's extension because consistency in personnel is really important, and if You didn't listen to our episode last week. We had Jake Reed on the show, so I recommend you go back and listen to that. We talk about a number of things, but you don't have to listen too long to to hear and see. Also, of course, all that he's done here with the club, but also just to hear him speak, not just on what's happened and things going into this season, but future goals as well. So really exciting for the club, but on uh, maybe a, a not so happy or positive note, Sporting Kansas City and defensive midfielder Jose Mauri are parting ways. That was announced by Peter Vermees. We don't really have many more details on that for you right now, but that was an announcement today at Media Day and pretty unexpected, I feel like, for a lot of fans after he checked into the match against Atlanta and then about 27-ish minutes later was subbed out for Marinos Janice, who was one of the offseason acquisitions for Sporting Kansas City. So that is the news. We'll update you with more as we get it, but he is no longer with the club.
0: Yeah, you might have seen a little bit of writing on the wall with that situation where when you come on as a sub in the second half and then get subbed off again, there can be – that's usually not a good sign. Usually not a good sign. And and it sounds like it's a mutual situation where both sides have agreed to part ways, and like you said, Peter Vermees says they're working on the details of that. Um, and, and what the mechanisms are going to be going forward. And, and Ma- there's, there's an opening there in the midfield. Then.
2: Yes, and an international spot, if I'm not yep. mistaken. And Mari did have a contract that was through 2022 with an option for 2023. So that is, I would imagine, what the logistics that are being worked out are, are related to.
0: But you put that on top of the fact that Uri Russell who was supposed to be and is going to be uh, an integral part to the midfield for Sporting Kansas City, suffered a hamstring injury in game one. Peter Vermees did give an update on that today as well and said it was a slight tweak they don't expect it to be a long-term thing but I think I'll, I'll speak for myself anyway anytime you see a hamstring injury specifically at the beginning of the season it makes you nervous you don't yep. want it to see it become say like for you know, for EC last year early hamstring injury and then he just never fully got over to just kind of off and on the rest of the year so hopefully they nip this thing in the bud and and it's it's onward and upward from Uri when he comes back from yeah
2: this. absolutely and just having had so many conversations with Uri at preseason about his injury history. I mean, that was the whole last two seasons for him as a player. And he really did feel coming into this season that he had that all in the rear view mirror. He felt like all of those deficiencies that were related to those injuries were no longer mentally weighing on him, which as, Anyone knows, I mean, if you feel injured doing anything, especially as a professional athlete, it's going to get in your head and going to prevent you from playing at your highest level. And so for Uri, he's in great hands here with the medical staff, and hopefully he is back in a few weeks or a couple of weeks like Peter suggested today at at Media Day.
0: Okay, so that was the biggest news that came out of Media Day here today. Look, there's a buzz around this place, and uh, if you're watching this show you're probably the kind of person that thinks that children's mercy parks a special place we're obviously in that category as well anytime i get to come out here i just it just puts a smile on my face and i start to get excited we spent all day out here yesterday getting ready for broadcast stuff with production meetings and there's just people dotting all over the stadium doing work getting ready for the season opener and we're going to have some more details on some of those things for you as well as we continue with the show here today again season opener On Saturday, 2.30, Children's Mercy Park against the Houston Dynamo. There are still a few tickets available at SportingKC.com, and we'll go over the broadcast details as well because it's a little complicated, but this is going to be our first show on 38, The Spot, coming back. We'll give you all that as we continue. Coming up next, though, Jacob Peterson here at the UMB Field Club for Media Day and the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra.
1: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content. We appreciate you subscribing, liking, downloading, telling your friends and all those things. And, of course, we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And, of course, uh, you can buy them in bottles. And you can buy them in cans in different sizes. And they taste delicious either way. So we are here at uh, the field club at Children's Mercy Park, where today was media day. Fans and uh, media got to come watch a little bit of training on the pitch here. They got to ask questions of Peter Vermees and Jake Reed and all of the players and, and now we get to do the Sporting Kansas City show coming up in a little bit. We're going to have Kerry Zavagnan on to talk about some really exciting developments that will be relevant to the players, but also you, the viewer, as you're going to get to watch the first 38th The Spot broadcast on Saturday at 2.30 with Sporting taking on the Houston Dynamo. Joining us now, of course, is the... Uh, is the is the expert analyst on our broadcast. Jacob Peterson, he and I were down at the uh, the block party this past weekend for the away game. That was a radio-only broadcast. We're getting ready to do television and radio coming up on Saturday. Jacob, thanks for joining us. How are you, man? Uh,
3: I'm great, Nate. Thanks for having me. It's cool to be, told you this you know, a couple of years ago at the 2021, my first one, but uh, it's always cool to see as a former player to see kind of this side. And I was even telling Allie during training, like just All the production that goes into getting the stadium ready, I don't think most players really understand that. Uh, It's really all hands on deck, and it's cool to see this place buzzing, uh, and I'm excited for the the home opener. Yeah,
0: you guys as players are kind of kept in a bubble on purpose. You're supposed to focus on your job, getting ready for the game, and not being distracted by anything else. You were here with us yesterday, which would have been Tuesday if people are watching this at a different date. And it was meeting after meeting, and people buzzing all over this place, painting stands, getting things set up, and uh, it does kind of get you excited, doesn't it?
3: It does, and it's just you realize now, and like I said, you are. You're so focused. And we talked about this a little bit um, when we were at the watch party, which was a really cool event down there to see the fans. And But when you're a player, you are so focused on your role, your what you have to do for that game. And after that grind of preseason, it's all about – Okay, I have to t- make sure that I am locked in, no distractions, nothing else. Um, but when you see just how much it means to the fans who came down there or just all the the work that it takes in, I said to get this beautiful stadium up and running, touching up paint. You know, I was going into places in the stadium where I didn't even know existed before, <laughs> you know, yesterday. It, it was just – it's so cool, and it, it is is really exciting now that I, I see it from – more of like a bird's eye view, just a, a different type of angle. And, and I loved it. And I'm excited.
2: Well, and for you, Jacob, to have the perspective as a player and then now someone who works closely with the team is on the broadcast and gets to come out here every game day and now see all that goes into what you got to play in front of, you know, as a player, which is really cool. And Jake Reed was telling us who, by the way, just signed a contract extension here with the club. He'll be here through 2020. So, oh, my math is, is bad. Five-year five year deal. Year deal. So, 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 you... 2026. Hey,
0: Jake, how long are you, are you signing? Oh, here he man? is. The man he's of the hour. 2026. 2026.
2: 2026. 2026. 2026.
0: World Cup year. I don't know if you heard that, but uh, <laughs> that was big news. Today. That was big news. Yeah. And,
2: you know, we... Yeah, it, we're and, not just
0: saying that because he's walking by. No, right that was now. actually perfectly but timed. best president this club's ever had uh anyways go ahead
2: <laughs> but he was also saying just as we're talking about getting the stadium ready how much you can't really do until the week before the game so even though there is a lot of preparation that goes in throughout the entire off season some things just have to wait until match week and it gets a little stressful but there, there's a lot going on it'll be ready for saturday and we're just so excited to be out there
0: all right so let's talk a little bit about what happened in week one and then we'll focus on this game coming up against the houston dynamo jake but uh look the game didn't go the way Sporting Kansas City would have wanted. I know that you went home and rewatched the game. I decided to go home and watch the Houston game instead. I'm not sure which one of us had more fun because that Houston game was pretty rough to watch, to be perfectly honest. But you always see things differently when you go back and watch. It. How different did the game look to you the second time? And what were maybe some of your biggest takeaways from that Atlanta United game?
3: Yeah, yeah. First off, it, it was a lot different than I felt. And I told you this before, but just when you're watching a game live, especially the, the opener of a season, your emotions are high, your excitement level's high, and, and as a player, you kinda, it's a little bit different, but similar type of thing, oh, we played really well that game, or we didn't play uh, as well as we'd like to, and then you go back and look at the tape, and it's like, all right, you know, maybe I was, my, I let my emotions get caught up into actual my analysis of the game, and, and watching it, uh, I don't think any sporting player would say that it was their best game or it's the game that they expect. Um, just doing some maybe uncharacteristic things, you know, really wound up, um, which at some level that's expected, right? You're playing – I mean, Ali, you were there in front of 67, seventy 70,000 fans, new turf, opener um, after that grind of preseason. You're going to expect that you're, you're going to be a little jacked up for that one and maybe too much so, especially those first 20 minutes or so. But even then – after watching it and looking at I I am confident of where this team is at. And if you would have asked me right after the final whistle, I probably would have said, oh, we got some question marks here. But after looking at it, I thought we were the better team. I thought Sporting was, were the better team. I thought that they at least deserved a point, if not all three. Um, you know, brought up expected goals, which isn't everything. Um, but, you know, those were pretty similar. Um, it, just Sporting were doing some, some things that weren't, characteristic characteristics of the way that they play a little bit sloppy in possession but they pressed really well um, it's generated chances off set pieces which I thought was a big emphasis this off season. so there were a lot of good things um, way more than I thought watching it live um, so I'm glad I went and did that because I heard that the, the Houston RSL game was not quite as exciting <laughs> uh, as the Atlanta. you're correct it was not, and we'll get into that in a second.
2: <laughs> but but Jacob, going off of some of what you were just talking about there, I had a chance to even catch up with some of the players today at Media Day just to kind of get the vibe of the team after that that game. And, of course, we've talked about this. It's it's the opener. It's it's game one. It's, it's not in any way indicative of, of who your team's going to be over the course of an entire season. But a couple of takeaways that the players gave me, number one being our fitness is fantastic that all of them left that game feeling like they were by far the more physically fit team they were really impressed with how just physically everyone was able to attack that game the other thing being that they just as you were saying didn't feel like they lost that game because they were the frustration came from feeling like Atlanta won that game because they kind of gave them chances to win it and that was really what happened on just about all three of Atlanta's goals, and so I, I think there's a lot of area to improve, but it's not, this team is not far off.
3: And really, this is one of 34, right? Yep. So, especially when you go on the road to a tough place, regardless of, you know, who, which players Atlanta were missing, to an Eastern Conference team, too. It's one thing to go and lose to a Western Conference team, because those are the, you know, direct points that you're kind of battling for. You know, this one's okay. It is it what any guy would have wanted on that team? No, but at the end of the season, we're not going to be talking about this one. So I think this one is you, you look at the tape, you know that you can improve on some stuff, but then you put it aside and, and then you get ready for a massive opener uh, against a rival, against a former face now leading that club, uh, and a team that really is, is, doesn't have much road success, but they do have some road success here mm-hmm. in Kansas City. So it, it's going to be a good game and a good bounce back game, I think, too.
0: Okay, so this Houston Dynamo team, they played to a scoreless draw against RSL on Sunday night. I mean, we've, we've joked about it a couple times that I watched that game. Not much in it, and I don't mean that as a, as a, as a slight to either team. We know what RSL is capable of. We unfortunately had to witness that in the most recent game here at Children's Mercy Park, and the Houston Dynamo are a rival, and they're an MLS team, so you have to take them seriously. And, and it's, it's first game for them, too, you know, and that, that was one of my biggest takeaways watching the Dynamo was – their midfield was not able to put their brand-new striker in any positions that made him look dangerous at all. Their new striker is Sebastian Ferreira. They spent more money on him than any player in team history and they were they bragged about that a lot of times I thought that was interesting a lot of times when teams sign somebody they don't really want to talk about the financials or anything it's on their website most expensive signing in team history at least until the one that came out this week which we can get to in a moment but for now Sebastian Ferreira is their most expensive signing he did not touch the ball in the other team's penalty area the entire game I don't know how many games you played in, Jacob, where the number nine doesn't touch the ball at all. And you can't put that down on him. That's got to be some service there too. But this is the first game with a new coaching staff and some new players. And I'm just wondering how much improvement should we expect to see from game one to game two when it comes to things like that?
3: Well, I don't know how much it'll be you know, a week in, but I would expect this team to kind of figure out their identity. I mean, look, New ownership group, or a new majority owner that took over at the end of last year. First-time GM in Pat Onstead, who is a great player down in Houston, had some experience uh, in Columbus um, winning an MLS Cup. So, obviously, there's that experience. One, one MLS Cup is a player, two of them. One MLS Cup in, in the front office role on the technical side. So, he's going down there, first year, trying to put together this piece. And then, of course, Paulo Nagamura, first-time head coach, of an MLS team yes he was here with SKT too but I think there are this is going to be an evolving type of situation you're not going to expect I don't think there's any pressure from that ownership group on Paulo or Pat on said to put together we have to win from the jump because that's hard I mean they I think this is going to take them some time but I do think that it's going to be emotionally charged Paulo and Jimmy Nielsen—they're going to have these guys fired up when they come here. And you know, usually you say teams kind of reflect the personalities of their coach. Well, if this team reflects the personality of Paulo, they are going to be a hard team to break down on the road. That—that's just Paulo was one of those guys. As a teammate, if I'm going into a tough environment, I want Paulo next to me. I want him there because I know that I can count on him, and he's reliable and he's going to give me everything he has. And, and if that... If their team, if he can get his players, which I'm sure there'll be some players coming in and out, a lot, especially probably this summer, but if he can get his players right now to buy into that, it's not going to be an easy game regardless of how that first game went for them and regardless of how they were on the road all last season with zero wins.
2: And I don't think... Naga would would say one way or the other if he would have wanted this game as early in his season uh, with the Dynamo. But, you know, I've listened to a lot of their press conferences with with the different players, with Naga talking uh, that post game after RSL. And, you know, that's been a consistent message I've heard coming out of the Dynamo this season, you know, that, hey, this is going to be a work in progress. This is not something that is going to be an overnight success we're not going to come out of the gates and, and win MLS Cup. You can't do that. You've got to build towards that. You have to build success. And, and that's been the message, obviously, from top down to Paulo, but then also from Paulo to his players. However, I would think going into this game, that might be a little bit of a different tune that uh, he's singing.
3: Yeah, I mean, just like we talk about former players, right? I mean, Dom Dwyer scoring uh, against Sporting last week. And-, and,
2: and we'll also, sorry to interrupt, but like we'll see that buy-in from his players, too. I mean, they're going to his, like, some right. of them may not have that same – there is a rivalry here, but it's you know for for him it means a lot more.
3: Absolutely, and two because it's so new, right? In his in his tenure as head coach, all these players are still trying to earn playing time, right? Mm-hmm. No, nothing's guaranteed. Paulo's still making evaluating guys. He's had you know one preseason, eight weeks maybe tops with this group. So they, all these players are going to be jacked up to come here too and say, hey, this game's going to mean maybe a little something special. I don't know if Paulo will admit that. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But if you truly get any player, any coach to, to be honest and truthful, they will always say that playing against a, your former club is special, but you want to beat them more so than just about any other team. So I, I'd expect those players, too, to, to want to earn minutes. And, I mean, scoring a game-winning goal uh, uh, here at Children's Mercy Park, I mean, that's going to put you in, in Paulo Nagamora's good graces pretty quick. <laughs> So,
0: well, and, and Jacob Peterson knows about scoring goal against Sporting Kansas City here after coming back. We talked about that last week when Sporting played his former club Atlanta as well. So you also referenced the fact that Paulo has head coaching experience, but it was with SKC, two here in Kansas City. And that is different than coaching the first team. And, and P- Peter Vermees talks about this. When Mark Dos Santos was the coach at, at, at the time, Swole Park Rangers, he said that was one of the real struggles he had was the number one priority when you're coaching SKC2 is not winning games. Yeah, you want to win games, but the number one priority is teaching guys the system, getting them ready so that when it's their turn to go up and play for the first team, they're ready to do it. I'm wondering, is, it, is I think the natural assumption is Paul played here under Peter Vermees, He coached in the system and was married to teaching guys the system here. He's just going to take that system and build it in Houston. Is that a false assumption, or should we see very similar things with Paulo in Houston that we see here in Kansas City?
3: That's a good question because I I don't know if we really know yet. right? I think there's no doubt that you have – Paulo's played for a lot of good coaches, a lot of good clubs – down in Brazil, obviously, he's got the Brazilian influence. Went over to England and was at Arsenal, so he's got that type of influence over there. Um, played in, out in L.A., uh, won MLS Cup with, with L.A., played for Chivas USA under Preki, which is a different system. Um, then came here and, and played for Peter. And there, So there's no doubt that there's going to be little pieces from all of all of the coaches, but Paul is his own man, and he's going to line up his team in the way that reflects him and reflects the way that he sees the game. I would be shocked if there weren't a lot of similarities with Peter Vermees because, honestly, if you're going to build a team, why would you not try to model at least some part of that after the, the sustained success and dominance that Peter has here? So I, I'm sure that there will be, but you know what exact level of that, I don't know. I'm not expecting them to push crazy numbers forward and bomb up the field here. I would expect them to... So you know, maybe they'll press a little bit at first but still to be pragmatic and be hard to break down because Paulo also knows that and it's not a secret but over the years teams that get success usually when they come to Children's Mercy Park they sit in they bunker they are very hard to break down and they hope to get a goal on the counter or a set piece so I'd expect Paulo to kind of follow that formula because he's been on on the receiving end of that too as a player so I think that's something to look forward to but again Who knows? We might see what happened against Vancouver last year where what we thought going into the game was completely (laughs) different than what transpired. But I would think at least in looking at the way that Paulo is addressing this, he would say we are going to be first, keep the zero, do not give up a lot of chances, and then let's try to go get one on the counter. It's going to be
0: an interesting game coming up on Saturday here at Children's Mercy Park. Before we let you go, Jacob, we're about to have Carries of Agnan on the show, and I think you, the audience, the viewers, the listeners, are going to be fascinated by some of the stuff that he has to tell us about the new technology. It's going to be a place you're going to see it on the television broadcast so on 38 The Spot. On Saturday, we're going to unveil this stuff for the first time on Saturday since we didn't get to televise the first game of the season. And I know, Jacob, that's something that you're going to be, you're going to be involved in because as our analyst, you see things that Ali and I can't see. You understand things about the game that we don't understand, and you're going to help use those technologies to communicate them to the fans. And I'm curious for you, first off, from a player standpoint – Uh, You've talked with Kerry about a lot of the ways they're going to use this stuff. You've seen the way back when you did play that they used technology at that time to help. How much do you think it's going to help these guys have an access to all this stuff?
3: Well, I think just like as we talked about with our our broadcasts, you know, we've had meetings this week and trying to figure out, okay, how much of this stuff are we going to do this first week? And and I don't think that at least we've kind of agreed we're not going to go and throw all of these different tools because walk before you know, we run right it can be a little <laughs> overwhelming at times because there's so much good information and so many different ways to kind of use it um and two what are the viewers going to want it i might like something as the soccer nerd in me that likes to see x but hey that's not really that interesting to the viewers out there they want to see why so you know we might have to pivot um but I think, like you said, walk before we run. You know, just don't jump out into the deep end. Um, but as far as players, just having the ability to, for the coaching staff, to see it all live. Yeah, you can get some of the, the raw data after the games uh, nowadays uh, or before the season. But games at home where you have that data live and you can say, okay, maybe this guy's fading a little bit. Maybe his, his top end speed isn't what it used to be. And there are just – there are different ways that that you can use that. I'm sure Carrie and and Peter and the coaching staff know a little bit more how exactly they're going to use all that, Mm -hmm. but from our purposes, I'm really excited. I know all of us are. We've talked about it, but also a little overwhelming at times when you think about all of the awesome stuff that's available. Um, You know, it's just going to be, we're going to have to figure it out, but uh, I mean, it's a cool thing to kind of tinker with and try to figure out I'm excited about it
2: well and and whether it's broadcast or even just content throughout the week I know Nate on our last show you asked the fans and I'll ask the fans here if there's anything that you want to see that even is outside of just the broadcast that we can use these you know a way that we can use these tools to help break down film from the match or or parts of the game that you want to better understand we'll have a ton of tools at our disposal and that content that we are able to make during the week we'll have you know more flexibility and time to, to make sure it's right. Whereas in the real time, we're just going to be very fluid and flexible with what a, a live game presents. And that's a very exciting challenge, but also there are going to be more ways than just the broadcast that we can utilize this to help educate, inform it, and also entertain It's fun, it's, it's going to be a really fun tool that we have at our disposal.
3: Uh, Nate, uh, you, you said that I was the expert. I'm going to say, while well, yes, I, I played the game and know Allie, and connell court have been excellent and they have taken point on this and really are teaching me how to use all these cool tools so you know i I just wanted to say it's not yes i i will talk about it on on air and everything but you know these two are the ones who are really doing all that work um, and, and those are the people that we should have gratitude for it and give them some credit right? but
2: hey and shout out we got it this is just a table we're giving each other love here carrie's a vagnan too is i mean when you talk about the the job of of a technical staff and, and a coach you know your main priority is is your team the players who are going out and playing in the games that you are preparing them for the time that he and peter Vermees have taken and, and i'm gonna call it carrie specifically to make sure that connell and i and our crew have what we need so that we can all be working in just in conjunction with one another to put the best product out there and the best analysis out there. It is incredible. So I've learned a ton. I learned a ton every single time we all get together and talk some soccer. So it's going to be a really fun season. And we hope that you all can enjoy that as well.
0: And shout out Angelina as well. Angelina has been a rock star. She, you know, she's, uh, she's been helping us with all this stuff to understand it. And I'm still trying to get my head around a lot of this stuff. The best analogy I can give is as a play-by-play announcer, I always feel like preparing for a game, it's, it's like studying for that semester final where you're only gonna get six questions on the test, but you don't know which part of the textbook that's this thick those questions are gonna come from, yep. so you have to know all the stuff. And there's a tendency, you've done all this homework, and you're only gonna need 5% of it You want to force that information into the broadcast, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it sometimes. And Every play-by-play guy you talk to will tell you, you're constantly pulling yourself back saying, this doesn't fit in the broadcast right now. I only need to use the information if it's relevant to the broadcast and if it's gonna make the viewer's audience better. And I'm sure I fail at that all of the time, but you're constantly trying to pull back, actually, on the information that you have so you don't overload it with things that are irrelevant or clutter up the game. Mm that don't have a purpose, and with this, there's so much to our disposal. I think that's going to be the thing for us is going to be, you know what, let's not overdo it, and then we'll see where we go from here mm-hmm. because I think the stuff that we do use even in this first broadcast is going to be really cool. It's exciting stuff. Jacob, good good stuff, and it's going to be fun to see you on Saturday.
3: I'm excited. I'm ready. I really have a good feeling about the way that this team is trained this weekend and the way that they – it's something special about playing a home opener, especially here Uh, You know, hopefully the weather is going to be good. We will avoid some rain. Um, But, man, there's something special about this place. It buzzes on on game days, especially home openers.
0: I I have a different look on the weather, rain or shine. If it's raining, there might be a rainbow. Oh, yeah. there's a rainbow at Children's Mercy Park, good things happen. So no matter what, it's going to be awesome, and you're going to want to be here. SportingKC.com for your tickets. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Carrie Zavagnan to talk about all this new Amazing stuff that we have for you in store on the broadcast on Saturday. We are presented by the delicious taste of Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Back after this.
1: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we are back on the Sporting Kansas City show from Media Day at Children's Mercy Park as we get ready for the home opener on your home for Sporting Kansas City Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and of course wherever you get your podcasts or stream your video content. We appreciate you watching and listening. And as always, we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Well, we've been talking a lot over the past couple of weeks about a really exciting development, both on the technical side and on the broadcast side for Sporting Kansas City, and that's a new partnership with a, a company that I'm going to have our next guest really help us explain and get to the bottom of, and that is Kerry Zavagnan, assistant coach for Sporting Kansas City, of course, legendary Sporting Kansas City player as well. And, uh, I mean, are you a data analytics guy now too, Kerry? Like, where do we where do we put that in, ter- in terms of your umbrella of, uh, of skills?
4: That, that's overstated. Uh, okay. Certainly data has become a big part of the game, uh, insights into – and using that uh, to gain an advantage in, in the game is certainly uh, in vogue not only in MLS but around the world and uh, we're taking the next step uh, we've kind of dipped our toe in slightly over the last couple of years but have taken the next step with Chiron Hago and, and hopefully it will provide us uh, with a little bit more insight into the game.
0: Okay so Chiron Hago for our audience tell us what Chiron Hago is and why you've been working so hard to to partner up with them. So
4: uh, Hago has a product called TrackApp. Uh, it's basically a data tracking tool. It uh, has many different uh, generations of that dating back a number of years. Um, uh, primarily has covered uh, European games, uh, Champions League, Europa League. Uh, for many years, the Premier League... Um, uh, German Bundesliga uh, uh, and I can go on and on with the amount of games and matches that they've covered over the years uh, and I think what br- what they bring to the table is uh, speed, accuracy and consistency uh, in real time tr- uh, tracking data and so that benefits not just the technical side but the fan engagement side uh, in that uh, fans can see Uh, really what's going on on the field from an objective uh, analytics standpoint, uh, whether it be the speed of a player or the positioning of players on the field. And uh, that helps us, uh, you know, obviously generate the fan engagement, but on the technical side can give us deeper insights, not only in real time, but in post-match environments using uh, our set of tools. Uh, to, again, gain gain deeper insights into not just how fast our players ran, but uh, also where they were on any given time on the field so that we understand our positional game and how that applied to the game.
2: So what that all, to me, I'm just thinking competitive advantage, competitive advantage, yeah, that's hard to say a couple times fast, um, but what, like, beyond just that, how does this allow Sporting Kansas City to compete at a higher level against other teams in the league?
4: Well, I think everyone has their set of tools, right, and, and mm-hmm. as we kind of go down this road of, of trying to gain the edge, um, I, I think we've taken that one next step of trying to get, as I said, a, a, rel- a reliable partner uh, that gives us uh, feedback uh, in real time uh, with that speed and accuracy and consistency and so that's one of our foundational pieces now as we add the different aspects uh, our players currently have the wearables from stat sports which our our sports and science uh, department looks at uh, in a real-time setting as well but when you add that along with event data and and proper video you can really kind of have all the sets of tools in place and your infrastructures in place uh, to to allow your staff to make the best decisions possible
0: One of the things that is really fun about being a part of this club is every time you see them trying to push the envelope in some area that maybe hasn't been done before, there's also challenges with that. We've had all these meetings, and we've been meeting all week just on the broadcast side about all the different analytics that we're going to have at our disposal and tools we can use on the broadcast and trying to decide... Okay, we've never done this in a live broadcast before. How much of it do we want to fit in in the first broadcast? What's going to be digestible for the audience without getting in the way of the game, but enhancing the game? And so then I think about on your side of things. How much do you feel like you already know that you can do going into the regular season? And how much are you going to have to learn once you get into real games with what's available to you and how to best use it?
4: You bring up a great point because I think what's unique about this partnership is the integration that we have both from the broadcast and the technical side. And and that's really unique, I think. Uh, in Major League Soccer, but around the world, and and for us to kind of embark on this uh, in in a in a unified way, I, I would say, and kind of share uh, what we think on the technical side with the, with the broadcast team and vice versa, so our fans can have better insights into what we're thinking uh, and and how we're going about our business without giving away obviously the the secrets to our strategy within the game. I, I think that's one piece of it. The other piece that you talk about is uh, you know how how are we going to collect all this data and use it in a meaningful Way because it's very easy to, as they say, become you know have par- paralysis by analysis, mm-hmm. and so we have an incredible amount of data coming in, and and at the end of the day, I think our staff, Peter especially, knows that it's a very simple game, right? Uh, it's it's 22 players on the field with one ball trying to score in two goals. All we're talking about here with this with this incoming data is is another piece of information that allows us to make hopefully better decisions. And so I think that's how we're gonna embark on it, just as I know the broadcast team is gonna kind of slow roll this in terms of not trying to become overly consumed and really talking about the game, but uh, in in talking about the game, but um, I I, I think from the the staff perspective, we're we're gonna kind of ease our way into this, knowing that there are advantages throughout the season.
2: Carrie, would you ever have imagined that the game would get to this point, having been a player in MLS to now see all of these different data points that come through, the analysis, just how much information that you all have as a technical staff available to even just put together a game plan going into a match?
4: Yes, I I do because of what I've seen in all the different aspects of the game, Uh, from it be the stadiums to the training Mm -hmm. facilities to the staffs to the the fans. Everything has gotten bigger. And, And I think even here in Kansas City over the years, We've always wondered what's the next, you know, what's coming next. You know, we had Man United come to town many years ago. We won an Open Cup, we won an MLS Cup, we, you know, we opened the stadium. All these, what's next? What are the next big moments? And that hasn't been any different on the technical side. And so we've expanded our staff, we've added uh, performance analysts, we've added sports scientists, we started with I think four technical staff members. Now we have—I can't even count the uh, name—the amount of play, people that we have on the on the support staff, and so it's growing day by day, and 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 you see it uh, each and every week, and each, each and every month, each and every year, and and I think that it was only a matter of time because this is kind of MLS catching up with the rest of the world, and 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 we know uh, whether it be through auto racing or any other uh, analytics-driven kind of business or sport. Um, we, I, had the idea that soccer would be no different. Now that doesn't mean that the magic bullet and the and the golden key is located within the data. That that doesn't mean that that we're going to find that, but uh it, it would be wise for us to pursue uh becoming better in that area.
0: Now one of the things that has really hit me since we've had all these meetings is that there is almost literally a limitless amount of data that you can gather from this. So the big challenge then from the human standpoint to me becomes How do we gather it? How do we package it? What do we make of all that data? And then how do we turn it around in a way, like you said, that's meaningful? And I know from the broadcast side, we brought in a full-time employee, Connell McCord, who's on the the show with us all the time as a Sporting KC uh, show co-host. He's working for the club full-time now because he's going to be working on this stuff for the broadcasts all week long in between games. We're gonna have two people in the TV truck during the game watching all of this stuff, packaging whatever Jacob Peterson might be talking about during the game and then giving us the graphics in real time that show us what's happening. So what about on the technical side? I mean, you I, I watch you sometimes during, during games. You're out there. You're helping Peter. You're watching the games live. I can't imagine you can just be staring at a computer the whole time. How do you guys process this stuff? Do you have somebody to just look at the data through the course of the game, and then you have to make a decision in 30 seconds? This is what we're going to highlight at halftime. How's that all going to work?
4: Yeah, it's, it, they're all good points. I, I, I think it, kind of re, back up a little bit. We have an idea of how we want to play, and we have a plan of how we want to go about it. And I think the data that surrounds that is just, as I said, it enhances it, it validates it, it maybe leads you into something that you didn't see with the naked eye. And so with, without the foundational piece of having a model of play and, and a game plan of how you're going to win the game, uh, the data is meaningless. Right. And so how we're going to use that data is to you know, it, be an auxiliary tool, a, a, a support system, to help validate uh, the things that we did right and wrong. You know, event data is one thing tracking data that we're talking about from a physical output, um, our sports science department is is very, very good in, in being able to monitor our players' workloads and what they've done and accomplished in the game and prepare them through training uh, through that data um, to, be, to be ready to perform on the weekend uh, that's coming up. And so we, we have all these different levers and pieces and parties that are kind of contributing to the overall success of the team on the field. And I think that from the technical staff, as you pointed out, I just happened to be in the position that one day I was hoping that as a league we could kind of take the next step both in a video, uh, a, a video distribution, uh, an event data, and a tracking data partner to be able to create uh, a platform for all the technical staffs in the league to use. And I think this is just one other piece um, here in Sporting Kansas City that we're leading the charge uh, in that front
2: and you 'll have that feed though on game day coming down to the bench and a lot of people might, might not know this but at CMP during this offseason there were a number of different cameras installed that go you know along with this new partnership and what that's going to bring for the broadcast and the technical staff in stadium in game uh, what does that feed do for you all in during a match
4: yeah I think the, the, the most basic uh... Part of observation or, or, or analysis is through video. Uh, the, the, you need to see what's going on to be able to, to really understand. Now, the data points, the tracking data, as I keep saying, that they're, 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 they're auxiliary pieces. They're, they're enhancements for, for, for the video. But if you have proper video, and, and I think you, you bring up a good point here, is that these tracking cameras, there's 16 of them located around the stadium, six on each sideline, and two behind each goal. We hope that we're able to harness that in a real-time environment, that we can see the game from different angles so that if something happened with our back four and the better angle is behind the goal, that we're going to be able to capture that and showcase that maybe it's at halftime, maybe it's in a post-game environment. But just as the fans want to see the game on TV from different perspectives and different camera angles, uh, and the broadcasters can tell the story in a different way if you can see different camera angles, um, just as VAR can see you know, all the different camera angles when they're making decisions, video is the... The, the foundational piece of, of of the game and so when you when you put that together with the tracking cameras for us to be able to utilize that is a really powerful tool and we hope down the road um, that that put together with the coach paint system and how we coach our players and teach our players is going to be a really powerful combination. All
0: right, you threw out the term coach paint. So last question there, when you talk about the videos, the coach paint, what is that and how do you use that to help the players?
4: Well, coach paint we've been using for a number of years now, and I think that's a really Really interesting tool, particularly with the generation of people of how we view the game, but also how the players take in the game, whether it be, uh, you know, playing with their Xbox and their and their FIFA, they, they see the game from that perspective. And, and, and I think, uh, you know, when we watch TV and we, we, we see analysts and experts talk about the game and really bring it down to the level of how the, how the fan captures it um, and understands it. Uh, to be able to tell that story with paint, which is a telestration tool uh, that's able to, you know, you can put discs, uh, arrows, uh, spotlights on different things that are happening in the game and point them out. Whereas the traditional way, you'd have the flip chart and you'd do an X and an O. And I think we've graduated and we're evolving from that just like uh, technology in all different ways is. But I, I think that's a, that's a tool that not only from the broadcast standpoint from the fans, but for our players. When we, when we talk about the postgame or the pre game preparation, many times we use the paint to illustrate um, uh, our points and, and emphasize our points so that they can see uh, exactly what we're talking
0: about. I know just just when I watch those types of shows, I love it as a fan because it, it might be a simple thing, but your eye kind of naturally gravitates to wherever the ball is and there might be action on the field. That's away from the ball that you want everyone to pay attention to because that's this fundamental action there. You highlight it. And as soon as you see that, Oh, I'm supposed to look over there and then yeah. you pay attention. It, sometimes it's as simple as that, right?
4: It is. And, and that, that's one of the key pieces that we use with our players because the players track the ball as well. Uh, and many people do because you want to see the outcome of where the ball's going to end up. And so you follow the ball just like the fans do. The players will do in, in their, uh, in our meetings and so uh it's one of two things they're following the ball or they're just looking at themselves and they don't see they don't really see exactly what we're trying to point out so if if for example we're trying to emphasize the movement off the ball on the other side of the field uh, it's very easily uh, done to put a pause in the in the action to stop the ball to highlight the player that's really far away from the from the game at the moment but's going to have the The ultimate impact in the in the outcome of the play and so those are really powerful tools and and where the tracking data really becomes interesting is that you can highlight that player and then and 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 the tracking basically is done internally so i highlight the player i push play and that spotlight will track the player until i tell it to do otherwise and so what we've done in the past is that we've had to basically frame by frame move that disc with that player in slow motion you can see how difficult, from a time standpoint, that would take for a technical staff to do, and so video editor uh, over yeah, here, video editor over here, is another title. But uh, for us to have that enhancement and that that uh, combination with the tracking data and the pain is, a, like I said, a really powerful combination that I hope we get a lot of benefit out of.
0: And hopefully the viewers do too because we're going to be able to do that same thing in real time. If Jacob's talking about a certain player, we can highlight that player while that person's running around on the field and and you can keep an eye on them. Again, it's going to be up to us to try to put it in a a way that's good for you, the viewer, because that's what this is all about at the end of the day. Kerry, thank you so much for the time. This is exciting stuff. As always, good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Nate. All right, that's Kerry Zavagner. We're going to take a break, come back, and wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show right after this, presented by Michelob Ultra.
1: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we are back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show from the UMB Field Club at Children's Mercy Park, where we've been taking in Media Day today. Our thanks to Jacob Peterson for joining us on the show and Kerry Zavagnin as well, as we talked about a lot of things that have us excited for this 2022 campaign that is only now getting underway. And of course, we're Presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Look at the delicious bottles and cans <laughs> we have here. It's wonderful stuff. I want to talk about some of the broadcast details for Saturday. Of course, we hope you're out here at Children's Mercy Park to watch the game. But if you're wondering about where you can get the game, first off, you can listen to it live right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, as always. But also, when it comes to viewing the game, this will be our inaugural broadcast broadcast on 38 the spot back on 38 the spot after the last couple of years away and we're excited about that because it's over the air. If you don't get it on your cable package, a four dollar antenna hooked to the back of your TV will come in crystal clear, literally over the air. It is free to watch 38 the spot in this metropolitan area. Now going forward when we are not on national television you'll also be able to stream the games anywhere you want on uh, In the state of Kansas or Missouri, on sportingkc.com, and of course, the Sporting KC app. You're going to want to get that app, get it loaded up on your smart TV and all your devices because there's going to be a plethora of video content. In fact, we're doing a throwback game. We're going to be doing some of those. A big game against the Houston Dynamo in the season opener a couple of years ago, Alan Polito's big debut here at Children's Mercy Park. You can watch that, but there's also going to be all kinds of other great video content. But for this game, and I, I understand this is a little complicated, but for this game we are not allowed to stream because the game is going to be streaming live on Twitter as well on the MLS app. I think personally you should watch 38 The Spot because that's going to be our broadcast. you get the Univision's uh, broadcast on Twitter if you want to watch it there. You can stream it and it'll be archived there for the rest of the week as well. So wherever you are. Whatever you're doing, you can watch this game for free on Saturday. That's a big big deal.
2: Yes, it is a big deal. And like you mentioned, going out and getting – I'm not a big tech person – I probably would not be the one in my household setting up an antenna on the TV, but I do know that there was a promotion at one point where fans could go out to Nebraska Furniture Mart. That's a partner that just to name a place in which you could go if you're like me and would have no idea where to even start to look for something like that. Maybe that uh, is exposing myself a little bit. That is a place where you can go and get uh, an antenna hook up on your TV to watch us on 38 The Spot. We will have an extended pregame show as well. It'll be a full hour uh, of pregame coverage leading up to the match, which is really exciting. I think this is our first broadcast where we're going to have three and a half hours of complete yeah. coverage, uh, including our post-match coverage as well, which will all be on 38th the spot. And then, of course, as the season wears on, we do not have uh, a conflict with Univision. You will be able to watch the stream, and you can go to sportingkc.com slash live to check your zip code. They have this great feature where you can put in your zip code and see if you are – eligible for streaming our matches and of course if not you can watch on espn plus which is about five dollars a month so those are all the options i feel like we almost need like a menu behind us to kind of walk you through but uh it's going to be really exciting we hope that you join us because we'll have at least some of the uh the tools that we talked about with carrie zavagnan and jacob peterson at our disposal and in use uh for this broadcast on saturday i'm
0: just laughing because i like the fact that ali said <laughs> I'm not a big tech person. I don't know how to attach an antenna. Where the old person's like, attaching an antenna is old technology, and the easiest thing you can ever possibly do. I'm actually getting ready after this. Uh, we get done taping the show today to go to my dad's house and teach him how to download an app to his television. Because to him, you know, he grew up in the era where you were grabbing the antenna to try to adjust it and make sure that the signal came in clearly. Ali doesn't understand what that means, but f- for him, I'm telling my dad, you know, you download an app to your television. Why do I get an app on my television? So I'm going to be dealing with that coming up in a little bit. Old technology, new technology. Comes you together. Can, get, we can put it all together, and either way, which, whichever way you want to do it, you can get the games, and that's the most important. Well, to
2: expose myself even further, I do have to call my fiancé to know which remote to use to just even simply turn on our TV at times. So all of that to say... I am not an expert when it comes to uh, just simply even using the TV. If you have an iPad
0: or a phone, you just tap that little app button and it says watch. Simple. Boom, hit it right there and it's going to be up. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. We're really, really excited for Saturday. So, yeah, pregame coverage beginning at 2 o'clock all the way through the match and uh, should be a good one, Sporting KC against the Houston Dynamo. And, hey, I hope a good uh, reception – I'm sure it will be a good reception for Paulo Nagamura and Jimmy Nielsen as they come back, even though they're wearing that orange (laughs) this time around. We will see you next time right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra.